Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Upward. This is a podcast where we share and highlight the stories of Asian Americans in corporate and business America. We share their career journeys, lessons learned in their professional experiences, and advice as an Asian American in corporate America. And this is your host, Min Kwan. So today's guest is Han Lian. He is a senior marketing manager at Ingram Micro. He, I was really excited about talking to Han because he has had such a wide breadth and depth of experiences even before he started college. So he was at Target even before he started college. He um, founded his own company called Morale Agency, which is a marketing agency. He's worked for the American Marketing Association and now he's at Ingram Micro. I wanted to see what has worked for him, what were the key takeaways from his experiences in the past, I don't know, almost a decade, and what he has to say for um, any advice for our listeners on Upward. So without further ado, please enjoy the podcast, and here is Han. Hi, Han. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, Um, and let's just get started. Um, so before we begin, I'd love to know um, a little bit of, about you so that the listeners can know. Um, so do you mind telling us a brief introduction? And I'd, I'd love to know your story from, you know, the beginning of of your early career even or even, even before that. I know that you immigrated with your family. So um, just from that on to where you are today, I'd love to know that story. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for inviting me to your show. It's uh, it's. It's always great to uh, to connect with individuals like yourself, and uh, sharing sharing our sharing my story and kind of talking through um, my my work, my life, and kind of the different things. Hopefully, your viewer will find will find helpful. Um, so my name is Han Han Lin. Uh, I was born and raised in Taiwan. I moved to the states when I was about third grade, and. Uh, basically been here ever since uh there was a year that we went back to taiwan for middle school uh for some family reasons but i also think it's also because that year that it kind of helped me mold in my chinese you know reading and writing the grammatical skills um so till to date i'm still quite fluent with with the language uh mandarin so i think uh, that's uh that's definitely got got me set up for for my life here um but you know, uh, it's been it's been some time since I got out of school. I uh, uh, when I first came here, I, uh, I I lived in Laguna Hills for basically throughout high school, and eventually moved out to Corona, went to Cal State Fullerton for my undergrad, and then uh, right after right after Cal State Fullerton, I attained my uh, MBA degree at a uh, at a local uh, university as well. So. That's uh, that's been the bulk of my sort of uh, educational career, uh, and I have many different positions that I held along the way from from a from from a working experience perspective, uh, and I think that's uh, that's been a uh, a very value added piece um, up until I finished up school. That's what kind of led me to where I am today. At first, I'd love to know a little bit about how you started in your early career early career because I know that you worked at Target. You also did an internship at Allergan. And, you know, basically you started at a very, very early age and you started thinking about your career at very early, early on. And so I, I'd love to know, like, how those experiences have kind of set a foundation for your career and it, whether that be for your work ethic or your style or just like skill sets that you've kind of built up since then. And so my question is, how did those experiences earlier on in your career 
set or lay a foundation and how have you kind of built them up until now where you are today? Yeah, I think that's a really good question to start off with because I think it kind of really goes back to uh, what what's the best way for for each one of us to learn and to really um, go through things. And for me, I find find it the most effective when I when I get my hands on right, roll up my sleeve, get right into it, learn from my mistakes, and just keep going forward. Um, and I think that's been really the, the moral and the, the live attitude that I've had since I was uh, since I was little. And you know, in high school, I started I, my first job was at was at Target, and I I've been working there as a part time employee for I want to say almost five to six years um, throughout the entire time. Uh, and you know, Target was a really really cool experience for me because you know I was able to engage with people talk to the customer, work in the electronic department, work in the, the back room to um, fulfill inventory needs and look at, look at things from a logistical point of view. And so it was really kind of my first job that was able to kind of give me this dynamic uh, playground, if you will, um, to really try out different things. And eventually that's what led to the interesting position where it is a lot more business savvy and business oriented. Um, and Allergan was a, what was one of the options that I had to, uh, in front of me that I could take on. So I took it because just knowing that it's a, it's a very, it's a global level company, I, I believe back in the day. Um, and I was the intern at the global trade compliance department. And so it was, it was just so fascinating to be able to, um, being on team and look at things and trying to understand how, how businesses run from, from a global perspective. Uh, and I think those two specific position has really kind of molded um, the, the, the pro career progression, at least for me, kind of setting up the path for me to really get a good taste of what business really is like mm -hmm. and what are some of the dynamic in, in those areas. That's amazing. So your experience at Allergan and Target was way before, or I guess before you you started even college, right? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was high school. That was uh, sophomore year to senior year. That's crazy. I mean, I think uh, there's so much value in getting this kind of experience even before college starts, and it I think it sets you up for success as you start recruiting and kind of thinking about your career. But you you did say you know it helped you kind of set the set the foundation and the path for your later career. So. What do you think are the skill sets or the you know thought process that you kind of got out of the, these experiences at Target and Allergan that, uh, yeah, what, what were those specific um, things that you kind of learned and how did it actually translate into, you know, thinking about your career and choosing the path that you, you took on? Yeah, I would say it's three things. I think uh, being curious about everything. Uh, you know, I find myself, like I said, the best way for me to learn anything really is to stay curious and stay experiential, right? Trying different things and asking a lot of questions, even even when it comes to customer-oriented or customer-facing activities, right? You're curious about what's kind of going through this consumer's mindset. Why are they looking for a specific brand when it comes to this product or that product? Um, why are we always out of stock when it comes to this specific product uh, during this season. So I think staying curious is definitely one of them. The second portion is communication. You know, I feel like uh, being in such a, a retail facing 
uh, consumer-oriented environment really helped me establish my ability to, to talk and also to uh, ask good questions, you know, when, when you're in front of a prospect or a customer. You know, I think communication is going to be one of the, obviously, the, the very key uh, skills that anyone needs to, to, to grow on. And there is no limit. There is no sort of go standard. There is no, you know, hey, once you get to a little 10 on communication, you're good. You know, I think everyone has a different style of communication. I think the third piece there is also having a, a business view of things. Um, so, you know, staying curious, being an uh, effective communicator, but also being able to apply that to the business side. So that's the third point that I was talking about. Part of, part of what I got out from Allergan was, was, that, was that specific view. They have some serious uh, type of product in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you know, they, they were selling lab bands and uh, uh, eye drops and a lot of different medical related devices that really kind of helped me understood, hey, there's inventory, there are hard costs coming in, there are sales going out. You need to have a budget for your department. Uh, what, what, what are the conversion? What, what are our margin profile look like? And so I think those three things kind of really lined me up and really helped me understood um, what it's like to be in the business world. Um, and I, those are the three things that, that really kind of carry me on and set a good foundation for me. I'd love to know. So I'm looking at your experiences. Uh, you've, you've been part of the American Marketing Association. You stayed at um, GKN Aerospace for about five and a half years. And to me, and, and then now you're at Internet of Things as a senior marketing manager. To me, these, these roles and companies have very different skill sets. I do see the common thread uh, uh, between them, but there's differences in the skill sets and the, the work that you're doing. So uh, the aerospace one obviously seems way more technical. The American Marketing Association seems a little bit more tactical and you know, strategic and communications based. So what were these kinds of, how did you build on these technical skill sets and did you have them before? Was it a, a kind of a situation where you kind of jump head on and then kind of learn on the job? And how did you kind of, you know, build on these technical skill sets and kind of make, make sure that you were successful at acquiring them? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of these things uh, when hand-to-hand, they, they sort of happen concurrently to, as well. American Marketing Association, or AMA, mm-hmm. it was a, a collegiate chapter, well, like a marketing club, if you will, mm-hmm. um, at Cal State Fullerton. And I started off as a, as a committee member and eventually made my way to, to the board as the executive vice president. Uh, we actually done some really, really cool things uh, in the year in a year or two years, I was involved in the club, uh, including winning, uh, I think, top 15 or top 20 uh, chapter for, for Cal State Fullerton. And so that was something uh, I was uh, quite proud of, along with the president that I was uh, serving with at the time. Um, and, you know, I, AMA, it's a, it's a really, really great experience for me because it was my first dab really into the world of marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, think about marketing as such a, such a, robust and like a very big uh, landscape that you can really dash into different uh, facets of marketing, if you will, depending on your interests and your hard and soft skills. Um, you know, I think AMA really gave me that opportunity to, to grow on that, to really identify and figure out what I, what I want to do within the world of marketing. GKN is a, it's, 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 also, it's in a company that I worked at, to your point, about six years. I started off as an intern, I think, in my junior year in college. That specific uh, role, you know, really required me to leverage my communication skill, uh, my understanding about 
technical system because when it comes to an ERP, you're not just working from from a single department. You need to be uh, well-rounded and considerate from operational to financial piece and also into inventory and supply chain. And so it was a really, really cool project for me at the time to be able to talk with the heads of these departments coming up with our coming up with their requirements and their needs and go out and shop for a solution essentially um, so those those were the two that sort of um, that, that sort of went hand to hand in my college year between junior junior year and also the first and second year after college um, yeah basically after school yeah yeah I mean, that's amazing. I think uh, you make it sound so easy, but I think there's so much that goes into just like learning those even during an internship. I, I know that internships can be, you know, the first step into the corporate world or, or business world for a lot of people. And I know that when I was interning at Pepsi, I there was so much information to take in. And it's kind of amazing that you were able to kind of take all of it in and and, and kind of process it and implement it and execute it. And I, I do think like your foundation uh, that you set up early in your career also also must have, ha- have had a big impact on that. I think you nailed it. It's um, it's really it's really more about it's really more about getting, getting you know being being, uh, being obsessed with it really because uh, when you think about time management, especially in your college days, you know, you have clubs, you have your schoolwork, you, you have your friendship and your circle of friends, and you have to have fun too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there are definitely areas of that that I traded up that I had to, uh, that I had to compromise to, to really get what I wanted. Um, and I think uh, more often than not, I spend most of my time at work doing things on a job, uh, more so than I would uh, say, put in more an hour than I should have been uh, <laughs> studying for a t- particular topic, if you will. Uh, and I, that's, that's the system that worked for me. It was to get hands-on, lots of experience. Uh, so really more focused on the, what's happening in the real world and mm-hmm. seeing things and feel things on my own, rather than it is to study it out of a textbook and make the right, you know, uh, answers and choose the right answers to the question uh, for a particular subject matter. Uh, and I think everyone sort of reacted a little differently, but that's certainly the path that I took that was best fitted for me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's it, there is value about being passionate about your industry or your or your topic um, and in your interests. So, and that obviously leads into kind of success and translates into success in the workforce. Obviously, um, moving on, I, I want to talk about more morale agency and. What was the work? Because you were at GKN for six years, and then uh, this is the company that you founded, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So I'd love to know what was the work that went into founding Morale Agency. Why then, and why why there, and what was the inspiration for it um, in creating this brand? Um, and what? Let's just start there. Yeah. How did it come about? What were the, what was the inspiration behind it, and what was the work that went into it? Yeah, morale has been probably by far one of the proudest things that I feel I have done up to this point uh, in my life. Uh, I started morale as a business with with, with a good friend of mine, Kevin. Uh, We actually met back in school during our time at the American Marketing Association. Uh, So we co-founded the the agency together. Um, It was was one of those moments where, you know, 
we actually sat down at a, at a coffee shop. I think it was in Fullerton or Chino Hills. Um, and we started brainstorming about, about live and, you know, started talking about uh, our passion for, for marketing, for creatives, for uh, just, you know, the exchange of ideas. Uh, and this, this, this really, it came up because I feel like part of me that I've always had this, I always have this itch about wanting to start a business. And, I, you know, I, I, would, I would be willingly, willingly to admit um, that when I first started, when we, when we first thought about starting morale, it wasn't really the best way to, uh, to start a business in a sense that you shouldn't really start a business for the, for, for the sake of wanting to start a business, right? You should start a business uh, to solve a problem, to solve a problem that was so painful that there is no product or solution out there in the market to address it or that you uh, have a method to do it so much better than the competition. Um, and, you know, we looked at morale from, from a perspective of, hey, we were both very interested in marketing. We know, we understand marketing. We're also very tech savvy and business oriented. So let's, let's give it a shot. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, so be it. Let's uh, fail fast and fail forward. Yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, morale started off as a uh, quote unquote garage, uh, garage uh, business, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. we did everything sort of after the hours. Uh, uh, at one point, obviously, my, my, my co-founder, Kevin, he took it on full-time right after he finished up school. And uh, we were kind of working on the schedule of, hey, let's build, up the, let's build up the agency. Let's make sure that, you know, we have our foundation down, our service offering down, uh, and this and that. Uh, you know, I would, say, I, I would say the inspiration behind Morales' brand is, you know, really stemmed from both myself and my co-founder's uh, uh, our morals, you know, our personality. We want to do good. We want to give back to society. We want to, we want to let uh, the business owners to know that dreams are possible, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to be there to help them to go get that and achieve that. So let us work about the technical challenges while you focus on growing your brand. And that was, that was the essence and the core message of the business. And that's all we wanted to do is that we want to help them to be the million dollar mark to meet the million dollar mark. We want to help them to go from a small business to medium sized business through our portfolios of different services and, and different offering. And so that, that was kind of the, 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 the spirit and the, uh, the foundation of the, uh, the of morale agency. And I, and I would say, you know, in the two, two and two and a half years that Kevin and myself that we work together, we've done a lot of different things. We tried a lot of different ideas, failed, many, many different ways. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but you know what? I think when I look back at it right now, I think we made a lot of really good, good decision as well. And yeah. till today, we still have uh, a good handful of customer that we serve, uh, that we continue to serve because we were partners, right? We, all the customers, all, all of our clients we engage with, we call in our partners because we're really there for them to help build their brand. Mm-hmm. And um, if, you, if you ask of the, the owners and the business owners that, uh, that, that has worked with us in the past, they would, uh, I would like to think that most likely they would, they would have very positive feedback around their experience with morale and how our team handled their project and genuinely cared about the state of their business to help them grow. Yeah. I think you touch on a, a pretty good point about, you know, yes, you should only start a business if there's a problem to solve, but there, there, you obviously with your co-founder had this, you know, dream and passion about helping 
people and people uh, business owners realize their creative vision or their business vision. And I think there's still so much value in having those failures and even just trying out different approaches and and methods. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see uh, hear about you know obviously you've had the successes uh, that you talked about, but what were some key takeaways that you got from trying out experimenting with new met- methods, um, going out of out of your out of your you know box or I guess thinking out of the box. Um, pushing those boundaries. And as you said, you know, there's failure in everything. And I think there's value from that. And so what were some, some of the lessons that you learned from your failures? I would, I would say one of the, the most important thing to understand is, is time, right? I think a lot of people look at, look at time and the utilization of time differently. We're, we're so young. I mean, we have our entire life in front of us and the ability to sort of leverage the time that you have while you don't have the financial burden, while you don't sort of have a family, you have to make sure you meet um, to, uh, to put food on the table or have to cover rent because you live in an apartment. Um, it, it's so important for, for the, the millennials or the individuals who are in college or still living under their parents' roof to understand that concept because this is really the time that you can take risk to the X factor and do anything that you want, right? Without having to make sure you need to have a, uh, a stable income to cover, cover your uh, cost of living. Um, you know, for, 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 for me, I think I, I, I understood that concept. And because of that, I was able to take on additional risk than I probably otherwise wouldn't. Um, and, and from a morale's point of view, we, we, made, we definitely made business decisions that, that definitely backfired on us because it, I mean, it sounds logical at first, but once we sort of uh, decide to move forward as a team, sometimes the, the end result just didn't come out the way that we expected it to. Um, and it sometimes is that, you know, it, it was because of our lack of understanding around the contract. Sometimes it was our, uh, was our fault to not do the due diligence around, um, around a certain decision before we make that decision. Um, and you know, I think one of the key, what three key, three key takeaways from, from that is that number one, some, sometimes you just got to go with your gut feeling. Like sometimes you have to trust in yourself, knowing that you will make the right call, uh, and not be so influenced, easily influenced by those opinions from others. Uh, that was a very important takeaway for, for, for me. Number two, I think one of the key things that everyone should also being in mind when, you know, about taking risk is that knowing it's so much better that you actually did something than doing nothing. You could fail at, 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 you know, taking up an approach and, you know, it could probably set you back for a month, but it's so much better enough than not taking that option and having to wait in the, the opportunity cost to make sure that, oh, wow, you know what, had I done this a year ago, even if I experimented, maybe my revenue would have gone up by X percent of more, uh, X percent. Uh, I think that's a really important sort of uh, perspective to understand. It's the opportunity cost. Um, And the third one, I think it's the courage. You know, I think, um, I think everyone, anyone that wants to start a business uh, or really take risk in general, it needs to have the courage and, and, and that sort of mentality. It, 
a lot of us are kind of scared where, you know, they're, they're hesitant because we're not sure about certain things. Maybe we're not subject matter experts. But then, again, it kind of goes back down to if you don't ever do it, you're going to be asking yourself, you're 65, when you're 65 years old, right, sitting on the rocking chair, you're thinking about yourself, had I made that decision to try this thing out when I was in my 20s, where could I have ever gone? Where, where could I have gone? You know, you sort of ask yourself that question. So I think it's about having that bold, uh, being bold, uh, being uh, be courageous. It's okay. Knowing that it's okay to not succeed every single time and just making sure that you're learning along the way. That I think that's amazing advice. I think that even just goes beyond just starting a business, right? In, in terms of just starting and projects that you've been thinking about, but you've been kind of, you know, holding back because of whatever reason. I think there's much to be said about, you know, just do it. You're in your 20s. There's, you know, there's everything, everything to gain and nothing to lose. Um, and I think that, you know, goes for a lot of different people. Um, so that's that's really good advice. Um, so one of one of the other things that that we talk a lot about, I think, in our early early days of morale is, uh, you know, we we thought about, hey, we're not finance gurus. Like, who's going to keep our books, right? What about the legal perimeter? How do we start at now? See, what's yeah. the best advantage for us from from a from a tax tax perspective, or even things like you know, the things just outside of the norm that that's uh, that's uh, that's important uh, as a foundation of a business. We don't have the answer to these. I mean, we're marketing experts, but we don't know how to start a business. But that doesn't stop us from going on a try, because right. again, you you don't you don't know what you don't know until you try. At least you have made an attempt and start digging into it. So don't let those hurdles stop you from taking action of the things that you know is right for you. I would yeah. say that was a, that would be the main message. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome advice. I think that that's that's that has so much value for a lot of people just thinking about products to pursue. And I think that also applies to this podcast because it's one of the products that I've been thinking about a lot. And there's a lot of gaps in knowledge, but you really don't know what you don't know until you actually start. So it's amazing. Um, I want to I want to bring us to present day at your role at Ingram Micro. I, this is, you know, obviously you've had a passion for technology, so it makes sense. And I, I, I can see <laughs> this kind of translates into your passion as well, like all the other roles that you've held. So I just want to know, like, tell us about your, the work that you're doing there. Um, how has this kind of been a culmination of your passions and your previous roles and how have they kind of informed where you are today? Sure thing. Uh, so, so at, at Ingram, I'm the marketing manager for our global IoT business unit. Uh, my my main responsibility for my for my job is to build up our global marketing strategy for the business unit, uh, and also really be a strategic advisor to our regional leaders around the world, uh, running their respective IoT business in country, uh, and that's basically in a nutshell of what I do on a high level basis. Uh, when when you think about the 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 industry or the te- technology in itself, the internet the Internet of Things. Uh, in plain English, is basically things that connected to the internet. But when you when we speak of IoT, it's really more around an ecosystem. It's really more about connecting multiple things together and make really really smart decision based on the data that you're receiving to help the individual, whether you are a business owner, whether you're a consumer, or you're just sitting home, to help you make smarter and better decisions and help you make your life easier, so to speak. So when you made the switch, you know, from 
going from aerospace to finding your own company. What kind of conversations were you having with yourself as you thought about your career or, or just navigating your path? Uh, what were the things that you consider to, to come to the conclusion that Ingram Micro would be the next best step in your career? And how did you, how did you see it as building upon the experiences that you've gained so far? Yeah, that I think that's a that that's a very pivotal question because of all the experience that I have, uh, I find myself always chasing the the right opportunity for me, right? And it, it started off with a Target, right? It went to Allergan. Uh, from there, it was GK in Aerospace. I was on the board of AMA. Uh, then it started Morale, and now I'm with Ingram. So there's definitely a lot of different uh, yeah. vertical that I touch in the past, but they all have a singular correlation among them. It's the it's the journey for for me, right? It's that journey of uh, again going back to to the first three items that I said. It's the curiosity. It's the communication. It's the ability to have a business uh, mindset and mentality. Um, and I think over those years of different experience among different companies, I was able to see it from the perspective of the customer, of the end user, in turn, that it really kind of helped me uh, at least get a good uh, scope of uh, understanding the way they think. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, this kind of learning never stops, and you need to rely on different tools and uh, data to help you understand a little bit more in depth of how to how to engage and connect with a customer. But each one of these uh, companies that I've been in gave me taught me some sort of a lesson um, to know that hey, this is a uh, this is how you evolve. This is the next iteration of uh, how you can get to the next thing you want to be in your career. And a, a, a lot of that almost you know in some way comes down to not being afraid to make the leap. Uh, you know I think. Uh, Stability is something, uh, something. Uh, it's something that most of us really count on, uh, particularly on a financial perspective. But then again, it's the understanding of leveraging your time while you're young and trying different things and grow fast and move forward. Uh, and I think that's uh, that, that that was the, the the main thing for me as I as I was. Uh, transitioning between different companies and different different positions. And so did you see Internet of Things or this kind of consumer lens as kind of like an opportunity for you? Uh, I'm curious as to what about Ingram kind of drew you into that opportunity that you didn't see in your other opportunities or other roles, experiences? Yeah, you know, I, I actually started looking to IoT, I want to say late, mid, mid to late 2016. That was kind of the year where smart home really first uh, ignited in the consumer space. Uh, I, I still remember quite vividly of me sort of shopping around at, at Best Buy and Target, trying to know, hey, does this light bulb actually work with Alexa or does it work with Siri? How do I make sure the light bulbs that I have upstairs and downstairs connect together, even if they're different brands? Uh, I started to see a lot of uh, gaps in the that, that consumer in the consumer needs uh, space that the manufacturers are not um, that are not providing. So it was very tough for you to go to Best Buy and Target three years ago or four years ago, almost at this point, mm -hmm. and to to find the light bulb, the, the the door lock, the security camera that all works together without having to buy multiple different gateways or hubs that connect mm -hmm. them together. So it was very complicated in in, in short. Um, so I actually looked, in it, looked into it from the consumer side and, you know, 
picked around with a few ideas that I was pretty close on launching, launching something, but I, I eventually exited, exited away from that idea uh, for a different reason. Uh, when I started looking at the kind of, kind of the, uh, um, the, the low hanging fruit, if you will, uh, I think most of that really came from the B2B space, especially around manufacturing. Right. Uh, manufacturers nowadays, are, they're, they're looking for ways to cut costs across the board. Uh, whether it's to save them from maintenance costs or from, from scraps, the efficiency use of the labor, uh, or even different kind of uh, uh, anything that's cost very cost heavy, uh, they're always looking for ways to uh, to cut costs, and that is kind of the space where IoT is being used uh, the most frequently now from the B two D B two B perspective, uh, and of course you start to see other verticals uh, taking off in the last two years uh, as well. But you know, I saw I saw Ingram, you know, really presented this opportunity uh, to dive into to IoT as a business unit, and it really gave me the assurance that wow, a company of our size, forty five to fifty billion dollars a year, uh, is really dashing into an Internet of Things. That's that's got to speak to something. That's something different. Um, so I, I would say that was something that naturally got me interested. Uh, and resulted me to apply for the position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you touched on a really interesting point that you saw the gaps as a consumer and then you kind of identified the gaps in the industry and then now you're here, which is kind of, it's kind of like the perfect circle, right? You are passionate about these things and then you, as a result of you being passionate about it, that you identify problems on both the business and consumer end and, and it comes full circle to a job that you can actually address these problems yourself. So. I think that there's so much value in, you know, being in the industry that you're passionate about. Um, as we as we go towards our, the end of this uh, episode, I want to kind of pivot and kind of looking at your career in general and, and at a high level. How has your culture as, you know, a Taiwanese American um, played a role in your career? Has it kind of, you know, affected your thought process on how you think about your career? Has it given you more opportunities? Has it pre uh, presented you with challenges? I'm curious to know what culture has, uh, how cl uh, culture has played a role in your career. Good question. I think that's a good one to end on as well. Uh, you know, for me, as a Taiwanese American, I think it's a spirit, right? It's a spirit of our culture mm -hmm. that really hit home for me. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, I was born and raised in Taiwan. Uh, my, my, my parents taught me in a very uh, specific way. And I think uh, they're being the both of them, they're educated themselves. And there, there are certain things that, 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 that has stayed with me throughout my, my journey up to this point that I always constantly remind myself where I came from, uh, my family values and the way that I, you know, my, my moral compass even. And so I would, I, would, I would like to think that, you know, being a Taiwanese American, uh, yes, it's definitely a privilege to, 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 to be where I am today, um, but you, can, you have to work for it, right? It's not, you don't, you don't get things handed to you in life um, easily, at least not for me. I think uh, for a lot of folks out there, I'm sure including you, like we're working our butts off, we're hustling by the day. And why are we doing that for? Well, you, 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 you better have a really good reason for yourself. Uh, hopefully, more than just earning a, a high, uh, you know, a paycheck and put food on the table and have a good salary. But really, 
but really doing something because you're you're interested and passionate about. And I think the spirit of that has came from my family and the culture, uh, and it constantly remind me to to do the right thing. And doing the right thing is always the right thing. You know, honesty is the best policy. Uh, and I think uh, uh, that those are those are really the things that, that I that I think about when I think about the the the, the culture aspect uh, of where I came from. It's mm, amazing. I think um, we kind of underestimate how much culture does play a role in our thinking process, right? Um, the way we grow up and the way that our parents kind of teach us our values, I think that plays a huge role in how we kind of approach our work, especially in a, in, so growing up as a Korean, it's so different um, if, had I worked in Korea versus if I worked, uh, as I worked in America. So that's really good to see that, you know, your roots and cultures have, have you know, colored how you kind of approach your career. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, so my last question and my ending question is what's next for Han? Um, what is in your future? What are you going to, what, what do you hope to achieve? Um, and what does the next few years hold for you? Well, it goes back to, uh, you know, saying curious, you know, always ask a lot of questions. And I think, uh, you know, Ingram has a, such a, such a, a large landscape of different opportunities uh, that I can take on. Uh, and I'm very, very optimistic about the uh, the future of, uh, of the company when it comes to IoT. And, uh, you know, keeping my eyes open, always stay optimistic and vigilant. Um, and that's what I plan to do. Awesome. Thank you, Han, so much for joining us. Um, and best of luck in your future. Man, this has been great. So thanks again for inviting me to the podcast. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Upward. You can find Upward on your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following us on social media, including Instagram at Upward underscore podcast for updates on future episodes, Breakthrough Asian Americans in Corporate America, and just for updates on the platform itself.